When I was young, I saw all the bloods in like the films or commercials. It's like blue or it was with glitters or anything like that. And I just couldn't really compare myself to that blue stuff because my blood really looks different. So I wanted to create a film about the taboo on having your period as a young girl. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to keep every woman superpowered. And in that spirit, I have a very special guest with me today. We are going to talk about period poverty. Now, many of us focus on the topic of wellness, and we're thinking about the best diet, maybe the best fitness routine, what supplements or herbs or medicines or hormones we should be taking. But for some women across the world, they don't even have the opportunity to take the wellness conversation quite that far. The basics of managing their cycles and many of their very basic fundamental needs as a woman are simply not met. I want to call awareness to this, and that's why today I have joining me Emma Branderhorst. I hope I'm saying that correctly. She's a 26-year-old director from Amsterdam. I told you guys this was an international platform, but she is here from Amsterdam. She is talking about the work that she's doing to call attention to this particular issue and how she's been very focused on women's health themes and women's rights themes. And I'm so excited to bring her here on the show today. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much. What a great introduction. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is close to my heart, you know, because we talk about so many things, uh, so much of the story of being a woman, right? And and while we are all very similar in some ways, I learned that in some of my travels and my journeys, like whether I'm doing, you know, mission trips in Africa or whether I am working in my clinic with the wealthiest of the wealthy and, and very famous women, many of our stories are similar. But you have chosen to highlight on some of the big gaps when it comes to women and girls' rights. How did you even get involved in sort of this particular niche when it came to filmmaking and directing and producing. Very curious about your story and your own journey. Um, so I love to make films about from a female perspective because I think there are many untold stories from female perspectives. And what I mostly like is to focus myself on stories about young teenagers and young girls who are growing from child to adults. I think that's a very interesting period. And I don't think many films are about that age so I made a film about period poverty so it's a short film 15 minutes about a girl who doesn't dare her mother to ask for sanitary products mm-hmm. and for me first of all I want to make a film about periods so about having your period as a girl because when I was young I saw all the or like all the bloods in like the films or commercials it's like blue or it was with glitters or yeah anything like that. And I just couldn't really compare myself to that blue stuff because my blood really looks different. So I wanted to create a film about the taboo on having your period as a young girl. And always before I make a film, I do a lot of research. And in my research, I found this article about period poverty. So I think that was the start of this journey for the film. 
That's incredible. And so when we say period poverty, we're talking about the fact that young girls around the world don't have access, correct, to sanitary napkins or tampons or ways of taking care of themselves. You know, what do they do? What do they do in those situations where they don't have, you know, the materials they need to, to manage their period? What are some of those girls doing? So what you see is they use uh, newspapers mm. or like the towels you use in the kitchen. Yeah, um, washcloths yeah. and towels. Yeah. yeah. And what you see is they ask a lot of people for help, but they don't say that they experience peer poverty, but they just ask for like a tampon or at school they ask for a tampon. That's what you see mostly. And it's mostly girls between the 12 and 25 or as the research here in Holland it's one in 10 percent between 12 and 25 Um, I don't know the exact numbers of every country I have to say but I I researched it in Holland yeah is there a region of the world that is more impacted by this or is Holland pretty representative of what's happening globally I think Holland is really pretty uh yeah Holland's a developed country, right? Like a developed, educated country with, I think, one of the better healthcare systems, you know, throughout the world. And so if it's happening there, you're saying almost 10% of women, 12 to 25 years of age, are struggling with, you know, how to take care of their period. I can't imagine what it's like in other countries, you know. I think it's even worse. Like imagine America, like I don't know what the numbers are, but we have to look into it actually, but I'm so curious because also the poverty is much bigger in America. Yeah. 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 And your work and as you made this film, you know, were you able to dig into why talking about your period, getting your period, why is it such a taboo? It was definitely a taboo for me, you know, for sure. It was like, it was almost sad, right? My mom was sad that I got it. It was, really? Yeah, it wasn't like a like celebration. It's like, oh no, like so for her mind, you know, it meant all this stuff. Like suddenly I'm gonna start having sex every five minutes and yep. you know, all this other stuff. So it was a, a very like it wasn't seen as a positive thing, right? And then on top of that, what I'm seeing at least in clinic is for that age group, we're seeing so many issues with your period, right? A lot of pain with your period, heavy periods, you know, PCOS, some of these different conditions. You know, when you're thinking about Holland, what any sense of why there's a taboo around this? I think there's just a big taboo on having your period because the world was so long demanded by men. I don't think there was a lot of space for women to talk about their periods. And I think uh, like a period can smell, it can experience pain, like you can have pain, like it's blood, like you can have, there are, there are a lot of things that I think it's the same with having a poop. Like there's still a big taboo on having a poop, but everybody has it. And I also think because it's just not, people don't like to share those very personal things, I think. Still, when I talk about it, I really don't understand because all women have it. And I don't really understand why there's still such a big taboo on it. But what I try to do is to really open the conversation about having a period with my friends. But I think at a young age, when you're going through so much insecurities, like you're just finding out your own body, you're just growing up to be a woman. I think when you also have to talk about your period and the things you're going through, I think that's just very hard, but it shouldn't be hard. That's just a thing I want to say. But I think at school and with all the boys and you're exploring your sexuality, and I think that's just, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a really, really tough phase for a girl's life, a woman's life, right? There's so much there that can happen. There is so much to understand about your body. I think there's some shame. And I think one of the things that we're understanding as we look generationally is that we as women carry a lot of the shame and the guilt of our previous generations with us. And so for young girls, many of them are mirroring or copying what they've seen, you know, from their mothers and their grandmothers and things like that. So it's going to take a long time to unwind that sort of universal sense of shame that I think all women have been gifted indirectly, whether, whether they wanted it or not. So I think a lot of that plays into the conversation. Now, Talk to us about the movie itself. How do you, you know, how's the movie set up? Who's the, who are the characters? <laughs> how does she solve this problem mm-hmm. for herself? What, what kind of happens here? Yeah. So the film is called Spotless. And in the film, we follow Ruby. She's 15 years old. She goes to school and she has best friends. But one day she wakes up having her period and she finds out there are no sanitary products anymore in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So she tries to be in touch with her mom but her mom is very busy because she's talking with all the depth programs because they are in depth and then she tries to solve it herself so she goes to the food bank because they're a client of the food bank she asks her friends she asks at school and like during the whole film we follow her process finding tampons to get through her periods and then but this is the how do you say like this is the the end of the film actually but then when she having her gym class she gets her period so she's being and then the whole class is laughing at her of course then she decides to um steal uh tampons in the supermarket wow okay I will send you the film. So you okay, can... send me the film. I don't, I don't want you to give everything away. Yeah, but... I'll send you the film. But yeah, so it's about a young girl who really struggle, really struggling with not having tampons and really trying to solve it herself, not to be a, a pain in the ass for her mom because her mom has already enough problems to solve. And um, for this film, we did a lot of research. So I work at the food bank here in Amsterdam and talked to the women. And yeah, it was a very interesting period and also period (laughs) and also (laughs) and also very heartbreaking to see all those women like that and yeah it was very intense yeah yeah how long did it take you to make the film so from I think we did it pretty quick from funding to delivery I think in two years Years, gotcha. And it's actually pretty fast for um, it's, but it's only fifteen minutes. But I think it's from from creating the film and from everything you did in two years. Yeah. And what sort of reception is the film getting? Are people like excited to talk about it, or are you getting that same sense of like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. This is not an interesting, like, entertaining topic. You know, what sort yeah. of what's the what's the feedback? So. In the beginning, when I started to make films, I because I mostly make films about, from female's perspective, what I told you, and mostly about subjects that are in a society, but they're still unseen. And with this film, I thought it's such like a feminist theme. Mm-hmm. So I didn't thought there was a lot of space for it. So I was like, I'm just going to make this film. I want to create awareness. This is really a film I would like to see, and I want to make it. And then we... I don't know. And I don't know how to describe, but we got this amazing, amazing feedback from everywhere. I think the film played at 50, maybe 60 film festivals. We won 
oh, wow. love awards in Berlin, in Cannes, in Canada. It's and now we're just now we're qualifying for the Oscars. Oh my goodness! Wonderful. When do you find it out? Yeah, so that's just amazing. So we're doing an Oscar run actually right now. Uh-huh. We need to be on the shortlist, so this is very, very, very excited because. I think this problem should be addressed worldwide because now in Holland it's going pretty well. And we're also in touch with the, how do you say, like like the state's secretary and and stuff, because I really wanted to create a difference, but it would be amazing if we had like a bigger audience. Yeah. 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 Have there been other films on this issue? Do you know anywhere around the world has anyone brought attention to this issue? There is a documentary, and I think it was in India. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, like five or six years ago at the Oscars as well. I don't know if they won, but it was a documentary. So it was also different, but it was also about having trouble with your period and not... Really? Yeah. So with this rich history, I think this is your third or fourth film, right? How many films have you done? Yeah, so it's my first film after school. Okay. And I did two... I, yeah, I made two films at school. Gotcha. And where did you go to school? Uh, in Utrecht. Okay, gotcha. So it's close uh, to Europe. Do, do you know it? No, I don't know all of them, but I've heard some of the better film schools are, are in Europe, right? In yeah. Germany and uh, Prague apparently has a good film school too. Yeah. So wonderful. Berlin. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so why, with the female perspective is like the focal point for many of your films, and I'm assuming that's what you're going to continue to do in the future as well, you know, what was your motivation for telling that story? And has there been a common thread? This one's on period poverty. I'm not sure what the others were on. But has there been something common that you've seen when you take the female perspective on many issues, you know, that we deal with today versus sort of the generic perspective or the male perspective? Is there something that you're noticing? From my own work? From your own work, yeah. I think my films are very subtle. Like we follow maybe one or two characters. And what I hate about films, about social themes, is that they're so dramatic. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's so important because in real life, we don't see that kind of scenes. Like yeah. life just going on and things are happening and it's very bad, but it's not. I don't like scenes with much music and rain. And I, I, just, I, I, I just wanted to keep it very small. And then what I always try to do in my work is to keep it as close to my own heart and close to the characters, mm-hmm. because I think then you can really touch people instead of creating these very big films with, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say it, but... With a lot I, of background and a lot of noise. Yeah, I just try to, and you will see it in, uh, in Spotless, I just, because the, the um, subject is already horrible, but I don't want people to be like oh my god it's killing me but I just want to people like feel with the character and really feel what she's going through instead of that you're like oh my god this is too much drama for me I get out so for me that's very important to keep it very small and that's what I also love about with Spotless because I didn't thought there was a big audience for it but the film is going worldwide so I think I can just trust on that yeah Yeah. so how do you do that how do you (laughs) Yes. Well, how do you take something so routine, right? Because one of the biggest, like, for example, you can talk about me for a second. Like, I always get, like, hey, come try out for the show or come do this. But it's high drama, right? People are, like, 
flipping tables and cursing. And I'm like, uh, it's not really me. You know, I can't do all that. But how do we keep the viewer in today's age where they're being stimulated all the time by social media and everything else? How, how do you as a filmmaker keep the viewer engaged in a topic without the drama? Like what is, what is the secret for that? That's a very good question. I'm actually in the post-production on my new film and I'm in the edits now. And um, I just really try to let the watcher experience the same feeling as my main character. So I really try to do it in sound or in making the screen more narrow. Or It's actually a very good question, but I just try to... I think a lot of people like want to see realness also because there's so much fakeness in the world. Yeah. It's just very important to to really feel a character or really try to be close to a character. So I don't know, I have like a formula for it, but it's just it's really it sounds like you do though, honestly. It sounds like you're saying embrace the humanity. Yeah. And connect connect to the humanity of whatever's in front of you and worry less about the filter and the noise and that's probably what we've lost with the media and the entertainment for sure and I think you're right people are craving that they're craving that like okay I don't have to question this this is a real story this is really happening that type of thing what are you hoping will happen with this film what are you hoping that somebody watching it will walk away with what should they do with how they're feeling what are you hoping the actionable steps are so I think when you see for instance the film or your neighbor or anyone else I think you can already start with yourself like putting um, some sanitary projects on the toilets Mm. or just keep an eye on people in your area because there are much more people than you think experience this problem so for me that is already a big eye-opener and then I hope in the politics things will need to change like I hope this film can be a start of like this movement, because in Holland, it's still seen as a luxury product. So there's 20% tax on it. And it's probably in different countries also uh, like a luxury product. I also don't know the numbers of that of ev- from every country, but I hope with this film, this just needs to stop. Mm. Like it's not a luxury thing to have your periods. You yeah. just, every woman should have a normal period, like wherever you're from or wherever you are. and. I think that's the main goal of the film. So in Holland, is the healthcare still kind of patriarchal? Is that kind of the setup for the most part? It's still very male-dominated or has it diversified some? It is still very male-dominant. I think everywhere still. Yeah. But there is a change coming. But still, this is not on the agenda or not, not on the diary at all. I have the feeling. Right. Because we're really trying to get the film into the politics, but there's not much reaction on it. But mm. now, of course, in uh, New Zealand and in Scotland, they, uh, I don't know if you heard of it, but there they put the sanitary products in the health insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a change going on. That's and amazing. I think the rest of the countries have to follow. Yeah, I think ours are still taxed and still a, a consumer item, not a health item for sure. So. Do you know how big the problem is in Atlanta or in uh, America? I don't know the statistics, but I'll definitely look them up after this particular episode. But um, but no, I don't know the statistics right now. So okay. I'm very curious. If you can let me know if you find it, maybe. I will also look into it myself. But 
if you have something, I will be very curious. Yeah, I'll definitely. I want to. I want to see what our numbers are specifically, and I'll send it over to you. And yeah. I want this film to come here to the U.S. And you know, definitely send it to me, or at least a link so we can publicize it a little bit. When do you find out about the Oscars and all that stuff? When do you get that information? Um, so we will know if we are shortlisted. I think in the end of December. Okay. Gotcha. And then the Oscars are in March. Right. So, um, that's pretty exciting. So now we need some votes for the shortlist. Okay. Well, send me a link and maybe people can go on there and vote for you, right? Or is it only the Oscar? It's only the Oscar committee that votes, right? Yeah, it's like the Academy members. Academy, Academy members. Vote. Well, we're going to wish you the best for that. And I would say just keep up the incredible work you're doing, bringing attention to women's issues and women's health issues. I think, you know, my husband had actually said, because I'm always like, there's so many wonderful stories from the patients I meet and the women I meet every single day. He's like, you should do a fictional version of that yeah. to bring it to life because it's very difficult to get real stories every single day or get those folks to share their stories. That can be painful and intimidating. But yeah. when we when we do it through film or through fiction, it's such a great way to get a message across. So I think I think what you're doing is brilliant. And I would say, and you're so young, so keep it up. <laughs> and that's what you're going to do next. What other projects do you have lined up next out of curiosity? So I'm actually working about a film about a mother and a daughter and how important it is to let your child go at a certain point when they're like 17, 18. And also it's very healthy to let your mother go. So it's also a short film. And I'm also creating a feature film about alcoholism from a young girl's perspective and her mother is an alcoholic oh wow but i don't want to see i don't want to show the alcoholics like we all knew them like sitting in a bar but i found out from research it's that it's very taboo also there's a very big taboo on it and it's mostly happening inside of the house yeah so it's also from a female perspective and it's also like a society theme that it's feel still very secretly. Yeah. These are so, great, great topics. Yeah. And these are things I hear about every single day and see a lot of alcoholic women, a lot of women drinking wine, not realizing they have a problem with it and coping that way and and yeah. then having the health fallout from that, right, as well. So definitely these are things that are, rep- are repetitive you know, with just the patients that I see. So yeah, these are all important, important issues. So continued success for sure. And you'll have to keep me posted with how everything turns yeah. out and all the projects are. Yeah, and, and um, it would be great to um, be in touch. Um, of maybe. course. Maybe we can collaborate on a film. Oh, it'll be amazing. collaborate on a film about yes. about women. You would be so great at that. So we'll, we'll connect on that. We'll connect on that. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to join me. It's such a treat and a gift. And, you know, I think women like you are are really going to change the story for women everywhere, for young girls everywhere, so they can start to see themselves differently and understand that what's happening with their bodies is not just normal. It's really an essential part of their lives. And sooner we all own it and embrace it, that's a quicker path to whatever it is that we're supposed to do. Just like you, living your purpose and uh, sort of living your mission in action, so to speak. So thank you again. I appreciate it. If they want, if anyone listening or watching wants to watch the film, um, will you send me a link? I can post the link or what's an easy way? Is there an easy way for them to get there? Um, So the link is still offline because we can 
put it online because of all the festivals we're going ah, through. Okay, got it. Uh, but we have a trailer, and I I will send you some information. Okay, send it to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and for everybody else listening or watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Love the guests that we've had on recently. You never know what's coming next. So definitely stay tuned and don't forget to rate and review it and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time.